from the advertising media capital of the world, New Milford, Connecticut, wherever that is. This is Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, a bi-weekly-ish podcast about all things automotive marketing. Now, here's your host, Matt Wilson. All right, here we go. Episode number two. When I did the first one, I didn't really know if there would be a second one because I'm kind of like, I think I'm going to name myself the reluctant podcaster because there's like 8 million podcasts. And, uh, but I wanted to do one, but like, I don't want to put in the effort that's required to it, like planning and like going to a studio. I'm like, I think I'm, maybe I'm being a little lazy in that respect. Uh, so this is the next best thing from doing it at my house. There's a podcast studio, a place in New Milford called Mike Fu Media, and he's got a podcast studio. And so I'm going to record this thing down at his studio and I'm going to call myself the reluctant podcaster, but it is mostly automotive marketing with Matt Wilson as the guy in the intro said, and, uh, each like bi-weekly ish will do it. So each, every two weeks we'll talk about automotive marketing mostly. And, uh, this week I wanted to talk about personal branding for salespeople. I've always thought that salespeople at auto dealerships are their own brand, right? It's almost like a, uh, a person, like a hairdresser, right? They have their customers. They brand themselves as like the person to get your haircut with. And then as they move around from salon to salon, their customers will follow them. And I think that salespeople can kind of have a similar thing. So that's why I wanted to talk to a couple of uh, people who do sales in the automotive industry who I've known or heard of who do a fantastic job at branding themselves. And the first guest today on Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson is a, a gentleman I used to work with who I used to refer to and who I guess liked to be referred to as Seth Bowtie Brown. But his name is Seth Brown, and he's at Road Ready Used Cars in Ansonia right now. And I haven't talked to Seth in a long time. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. How are you? Pretty good. It's nice to talk to you. It's been a while. I think the last time, the last good Seth memory I have is when you sang the national anthem at a hockey game, which was a blast. Who knew you could sing so well? Yeah, man, I still show people that video on YouTube. It's pretty funny. Or was it God Bless America? I think it was God Bless America. God Bless, God Bless America. You know, and that was, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't too sober that night, so it still came out pretty good. So I was happy with it. None of us were, really, to be honest with you. No way. So I was thinking about personal branding for salespeople. And, uh, you know, I work for an automotive advertising agency. So I see a lot of what's going on at auto dealerships and I follow a lot of salespeople on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And when I was thinking about this podcast, I thought about you because when we worked together at a Nissan store, you wore a bow tie every day and everybody called you Seth Bowtie Brown. And our customers would say, you'd say, who did you work with? And they go, oh, I work with the guy with the bow tie. Like it, it, it differentiated you from other salespeople. So how did you like sort of realize or when did you realize in your automotive sales career that you needed to brand yourself and kind of stand out? You know, I tell the guys I do a lot of training and I've, I've been doing this 22 years now. Um, and I tell the guys every morning in the meeting um, and women that you have to be different because a lot of the guys, in, no matter if it's automobile industry, sales or whatever you're uh, working on or doing, um, they have to remember you somehow. And, you know, obviously where I am now, we don't have to wear a shirt and tie and all that stuff anymore. It's really business casual. Um, but you still have to be different. So either it's the, you know, I, I joke around with it now. It's, you know, the big guy with the bald head and the beard, right? <laughs> or this guy has these certain glasses that are real bright at this store. So they remember, you know, you, you have, there has to be something on you or what you do. I let everyone know that. Remember, you have to remember something. This is your show. We do this every day. The customer does it once every five to six years. 
Um, and this is like Broadway. So when the customer walks to the front door, this is our stage. So if you don't perform the way you would if you went to go see a Broadway show, um, then they're not going to remember you. And you have to constantly be in front of them via text, email, phone call, because they're going to buy a car. They're going to buy something, no matter if it's insurance or whatever have you, somewhere. So why not buy it from you? Yeah, and that's a good point, too, because it becomes, for us, the auto dealers, like second nature. Like it's every, the same thing every day. Okay, I got a guy and he's interested in this car. And I'm going to take him on a test drive and take him through the qualifying process. And it's easy for a salesperson or a sales manager to get kind of like, all right, like go through the motions. But you made a good point when you say a customer does it, you know, every three to six years. So for them, it's exciting. Oh, I'm buying a new car. Or it's nerve wracking. Oh, I got to negotiate a new car. But it's a big deal to them. And to a salesperson, it, you know, it can get to be, you know, a second hat. You're doing the same thing over and over and over. And you got to stay up and you got to, and you got to brand yourself and you got to be excited every time with every customer. There's no doubt, because remember, they do this once, we do it every day, so it could get boring for us maybe once in a while, which, you know, with me, I've been doing it so long, it doesn't, because every day is different in this business. There's not one customer, no matter when it is, or who, what store you're working for, um, that is the same. You know, with these guys, um, I tell them all the time, you know, the guard, no matter what a customer is buying, if it's a large purchase, their guard is always up. They read on the internet, they read in magazines, so you have to, you know, break that. So a lot of customers will come to the door and what's the first thing they say in the car business? I'm not buying a car today, right? I'm <laughs> right. not buying today no matter what. So right away the salesperson gets upset. Oh, man, you know, this is going to waste my time, blah, blah, blah. I just reverse psychology on the customer. I just tell them, that's great because I already sold two cars today. I have no time to sell you a car today. So let's just look at it. And, you know, by the end, they're buying a car. Yeah. Because you have to – I tell the guys all the time, don't sell a car to a customer. You're going to sell a car to a friend. So if you make a friend first, I can guarantee you're going to sell the car. And a customer likes that too. They probably like that. It's refreshing to be like, but I was never an automotive salesperson, but I was a marketing guy. And the first thing I always said, if I was talking to a, found myself talking to a customer in a dealer in the showroom, I'd be like, listen, I'm not a sales guy. I'm just a marketing guy. I'm not trying to sell you a car because it instantly, like they instantly were like, oh, okay. Like they weren't on the defensive when they were talking to me because, oh, this That's guy's right. not a sales guy. But if you're approaching it right off the bat, like you just kind of use that example as like, listen, I'm not going to pressure you. I've had a busy day, but I'm happy to help you out, you know? It, it, it kind of lets 100%. them relax a little. How long? I feel like a lot of the time that a, a salesperson, you'll have a discussion with them about personal branding and they'll be like, yeah, I get it. I love it. It's a great idea. And then they give up after three weeks because I think it's the kind of thing that you need to be consistent with over a long period of time. When do you think from when you started, was it a conscious decision? I'm going to brand myself. Or did you just start kind of, you know, uh, finding that role? And how long do you think it took before you started seeing the returns on that? So I started selling cars when I was 21. Um, I was working for a Toyota start, store for a very long time. And what I did was I leased about 80% of my customers because one, I knew within three years, I'd have a customer base that was out of control. Um, but in, the, in that same – I didn't really have any kind of brand where it was the bow tie or anything like that. I just made their – made somehow let them know that I'm the only guy that they want to work with. So it was – if it was – I said something funny or it was a joke or whatever that have you be, by the time I was there for about a year, I was doing 30, 35 cars a month because they were sending – I didn't have to take a fresh customer to the door because instantly, you got to see this guy, see this guy. I mean, to the point where they wouldn't come to the front door. If I was off that day, they knew – you have to let them know your schedule. I gave everybody to this day, I gave everyone my cell phone. People think I'm nuts. But if there's a question, even if it's a service question at 11 o'clock at night, there's a light on, you have to let them feel you're in sales. 
you know, the, the phone never shuts off. So you have to let them know that no matter what, I'm here for you. Oil changes. I used to go pick up the customer's cars at their work, leave my personal car, bring it back when it's done. No one does that. You have to do something different because if you're just the same, it's going to, the same results are going to happen day in and day out. So I, you know, obviously at your new, uh, the place where you are now is kind of a casual dress, but uh, I did like the bow ties. When did you start with that? Or like, when did you realize that bow tie brand? I didn't made start sense? that until I worked at the Nissan store. Really? I never wore those. I went out. I bought two dozen of them, and then obviously, once I started wearing them all the time, my daughter, who at the time was six, mm-hmm. five, she thought it was hilarious. So birthdays and Christmas and Hanukkah—that's all I would get was bow ties. So you know, there's times actually. Um, I'll, I'll I'll still wear them once in a while here. Um, but I'll only like occasions. So, you know, when the Yankees win. So, yeah, I wear the box now. Um, unfortunately, oh, I'm a Giants right. fan, I've... so I never wore it really too much last year. Um, but, yeah, I'll wear the, you know, I like to dress up. So there's times where these guys are, you know, in the casual, which is fine. I have no problem with it. But, yeah, I started that there. I said, how am I going to be different? I was in a new area. I was an hour and a half in traffic away from where I'm usually selling cars. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure a way. I don't know anyone, even walk, fresh walk-ins that came in. Um, cause I'm like the guy that's from the new Haven County area. So I had to figure something out, um, how I could be different. And I just went with it. My uncle, um, that's all he wore when I was a kid was bow tie. So I said, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. And, uh, thankfully, you know, it worked out well for me there. You know, too, the other part of the positive part about that was at that store, you had a desk that was like right up front. So somebody would walk in and they'd be like, oh, like if you walk into a business and there's a dude standing there with a beard and a bow tie, like you'll remember that look, right? It doesn't look like every other person. So you remember like, well, oh yeah, sure. I walked in and there was a b- big dude with a beard and a bow tie sitting there. Okay. I, I remember that guy. Well, that's the other thing. So, you know, I, I don't want to come across, you know, with the, let's say, um, the older clientele, you know, like our grandparents' age and stuff, they come and they see this big guy with a beard. I have to somehow, you know, um, soften it up, break that wall. So at least they see the colorful bow tie. You know, I'm not that scary, like, you know, guy that they're going to be so afraid of. Same thing I tell these guys now, you know, they could wear short sleeve polos, long sleeves. I have tattoos. So if I saw a younger crowd come in, they have tattoos. They think I'm just this guy with a shirt and tie on. I'll roll up my sleeve a little bit. They see that. And it breaks the ice with them a little bit. Oh, this dude's not, a, you know, the stuffed shirt, you know, tie guy. He's really just one of us. You know, so you, you have to get on their level and you have to, you know, break that ice somehow, somewhere, um, where it's going to give you that much easier close at the end of the sale. Yeah. Well, listen, man, it was good to catch up with you. I don't take up too much of your time. We are recording this on Me a too. Friday of a holiday weekend. And I know you got uh, plenty of friends to make and uh, salespeople to work with and customers to talk to. And But it's good to catch up. And I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. And my next guest here talking about personal branding for salespeople on Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson is a guy who I discovered, actually, I discovered him. This is kind of a messy story, but I know him as uh, Mr. Mazda, Adam Dean, or Adam Dean, Mr. Mazda. And the the story is, is I used to be the arena announcer for a FHL hockey team in Danbury, Connecticut. And Adam Dean presumably bought a sponsorship of 
that team and I had to read like, you know, this, whatever it was, goal is brought to you by Mr. Mazda, Adam Dean, with a little uh, little thing about that. And I thought that was just the best because I had never really heard a salesperson. I, you know, people, salespeople do branding like, you know, Facebook and passing out business cards and whatnot. But I never heard a salesperson like buy a sponsorship of a sports team. And I thought that oh, was a, I thought that was a great idea. So uh, Adam Dean joining me. What's up, Adam? Hey man, what's going on? Yeah, those were the days, huh? That was a great that was a great idea. What gave you the idea to like buy a sponsorship for yourself? Uh I gotta tell you, I mean it kinda it was a no brainer. I was really good friends with Jed Wilson, okay. who was part of part of obviously everything that was going on with either the Whalers or the Titans. But like every single time, like growing up like playing hockey with my brothers and, and, and watching hockey on TV. Like you just, as soon as the goal was scored, everybody got real excited and then like paid attention to what was happening on the ice. And so it was kind of, kind of easy for me to navigate those waters into like having somebody pay attention to me um, right then and there and give back to the local community because I, I loved everything about the hockey in the winter here because there's really not much else to do. Yeah. And for everyone listening who doesn't know, we're in Connecticut and uh, we live in an area of uh, Connecticut, Western Connecticut. Danbury is the city. And, uh, you know, I always thought that because, you know, I was talking to a guy before and a lot of salespeople will brand themselves by finding something that makes them different, whether it's clothing or the way they look or their nickname or how they treat customers. And one of the things I think that happens a lot is a salesperson gets all psyched up. I'm going to do it, right? And then they give up after three weeks or a month. And I think part of the benefit is longevity. And you've been at the same place for like like nine years or something, right? Oh, yeah. I was uh, I was hired in the uh, first day of spring 2010 from Darren Bay Looney. I got my foot in the door, had never sold a car in my entire life. And that's what he had wanted. He wanted somebody with no bad habits from, you know, back in the day where it was automotive industry was not exactly awesome for people. And so he wanted somebody with nobody that nobody knew uh, in the car industry. And since then I've kind of just held my own and taken advantage of every opportunity that I've been given. At what point in the journey did you say to yourself, okay, I need to set myself apart and I need to brand myself. Was there a conscious decision to do that or it was just kind of the way you carried yourself or when did that happen? I mean, honestly, since I've been little, like I've, tr- you know, uh, I've been uh, always tried to be the best that I could be, um, whether it was wrestling or football or, you know, uh, even like chess team or anything like that. Like I've been a Boy Scout my whole life, mm-hmm. like just trying to be different than somebody else down the road to try to give myself a little bit of an advantage mm-hmm. uh, while not losing sight of my, you know, my own self. So. I think I'm pretty fun, and I figured why not share that with everybody else. You seem like a fun guy on uh, on social media and everything. And, and when did you come up with the Mr. Mazda part of it? <laughs> well, it kind of just sort of – it just rolled off the tongue. It was – it was uh, it's tough to rhyme something with Dean, you know, yeah. uh, and Adam really doesn't, doesn't rhyme with much. But, no. you know, Mr. Mazda, it kind of was a moniker from, you know, baseball days, like – Mr. Baseball and yeah. you know Mr. October and stuff and so like I just I figured that was kind of silly and people gravitated towards it so I ran with it. When do you think 
people started realizing like because yeah, obviously the goal of personal branding is a to let everyone know what you do but b for customers or prospects to remember you and then refer you and have repeat business when do you think you first started to see results the fruits of your labor from your personal branding? Um, i would say after the first leasing cycle yeah with um uh with, with, with mazda so obviously leases typically run three years so after the first leasing cycle when people started getting cars from me sporadically in like 2010, 11, 12. After that, starting in like 13, like people came back. And then I realized that because they came back because of how I treated them at first, like I was grateful that, you know, to be in front of them to begin with at first, but for them to come back, like to a T, it was always because obviously the vehicles were phenomenal, but they, they felt that they weren't taken advantage of they felt like i wasn't talking to their wallets like they had a genuine good time and then honestly when i was seeing people out and about like whether it's you know at at stew Leonard's or if it's at down the hatch like people wouldn't like remember how i treated them yeah they you know high five me they you know they'd, they'd ask me questions about my personal life and and i'd remember them from what they were doing and so they'd tell their friends and then you know their neighbors and everything and that kind of just took off and I use that as a springboard to keep trying and to get new avenues um, to get more business. Yeah, man, that's a great story. I think salespeople need, uh, this is a good story for salespeople to hear who are just starting out or considering it or maybe moving to the automotive industry from wherever they are now. Uh, so I appreciate the time. When you and I were scheduling this, you dropped a wicked on me in an email. So I could only hope and pray that you're a Patriots fan. Oh, absolutely. Yes. My, uh, my, my mother's from New Hampshire, and that's where I spent, you know, some of my formative years, and then half of it in New Hampshire, half of it here. So I'm one of those weird Patriot Yankee fans. So I've been dropping Wicked, Mista, and all that stuff since I was, you know, I went to Keene State College, too. So all right. Like, oh, yeah. I was immersed in that culture. Sometimes Patriot fans are hard to come by. I mean, you're a Patriots fan. I'm a Patriots fan. I'm recording the podcast from a studio in New Milford, Connecticut, and the guy who uh, owns the studio, he's a Patriots fan. But other than that, there's like not a ton. There's a lot of Patriots haters and not as many Patriots oh, fans. Yeah. <laughs> they, they rally around that cause, and good luck to them. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, great. We'll see you in the Super Bowl. See you in Miami. Exactly. And 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 to a, to a point – the, the whole Bill Belichick do your job thing is exactly what I do. I just, I sell cars. Like I, when I'm, I'm there half an hour early every single day, I stay late, you know, weekly. And it's one of those where when the iron is hot, you strike. And I've done my job to, uh, to the best of my ability that I believe. Um, and that's how I keep getting, you know, repeat and referral business. I rarely have to talk to people coming in off the street, which Unless, you know, obviously I'm grateful too. Right. I just, it's so, I get so busy with repeat and referral business at this point that I, I just kind of have to keep my nose to the grindstone. Dude, way to connect the topics. That is a skill in radio. Good job. <laughs> Not a problem, man. I Adam, appreciate thanks, it. thanks for your time, man. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for talking to me. Hey, thanks, Matt. All right, Take it easy, it. bud. Joining me now on Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. She is known, to, by me at least, as the number one Volvo girl. Mabel Peralta is joining me. Hi, Mabel. Hey, how are you? Listen, it's good to talk to you. We've been talking to a couple people about uh, personal branding uh, in the automotive industry. And I don't know that I've uh, come across anybody who does a better job at branding themselves than you. We uh, worked in the same group together for a little while, but I really knew you more through just social media and uh, LinkedIn. 
and uh, you do a great job. How did you come up with, when did you start? How did you come up with the number one Volvo girl thing? Um, I started actually, I've been into Volvo since I was um, four. I just turned 41. So I started just loving the brand. And I want to say probably seven or eight years ago, I started going to a lot of car shows and a lot of car meets. And I realized that there wasn't really kind of like a brand ambassador for Volvo. So, you know, that was not the infantile stages of social media, but, you know, there was no Instagram. Twitter was still kind of coming coming up and Facebook was still uh, in its infancy for the world. So I decided why not start um, promoting the brand that I love so much. And then when hashtags became the thing to do mm-hmm. um, in the early stages, I figured there's no one out there representing Volvo. So I just said, you know what, I'm going to be the number one Volvo girl and I'm going to own up to it. And I'm going to take it and I'm going to just go through it. And um, it's really been a whirlwind because corporate, Volvo corporate started noticing me and a lot of other dealerships. And next thing I know, I left a really good corporate paying job to uh, to work at a dealership because it's it's my passion. I eat, breathe and sleep Volvo. That's awesome. And, you know, I've been talking to a lot of salespeople, uh, you know, or BDC people or marketing people who, you know, brand themselves uh, within uh, the store that they're in. But uh, you, Mm -hmm. you know, branded yourself with the OEM from before you were even in the business, which I think is probably a little uh, unusual. Yeah, it's very unusual. And I get a lot of, uh, I get a lot of salespeople throughout the country sometimes, you know, to kind of pick my brain and they're like, well, how do you do it? And what do you do? And, um, you know, you have to have a passion for what you sell and you really do have to have a passion for your brand because at the end of the day, that passion and that enthusiasm goes a long way. And customers really love that because anyone could be a textbook, know it all. You know, you could have a manual on a certain car and know everything about it. Mm-hmm. But if you sound like a robot, customers aren't going to really be attracted to that. They want to know that you're human. They want to know that, you know, you're just all about what it is that you're selling. And sometimes, you know, I have customers that come in on a certain car and I'm so enthused about the brand that they end up with, you know, they upgrade themselves without them even realizing it. Is the other part of it too, also, you know, you got to be in love with the brand and what you do, but is the other part of it also longevity and consistency, like sticking with it? I think a lot of salespeople or marketing people give up right, you know, too soon before, before they see the benefits. Correct. I mean, this is, you know, doing this is, is, it's more of your gardener. You're planting your seeds and you're not going to see the fruit of, of your, of all that work right away. It's going to take time. You got to cultivate it. It's not going to be overnight. And, you know, a lot of things that I've implemented that are now coming to fruition have been things that I've been doing for years. Yeah. Um, you know, I have customers that follow me store to store. I'm currently at my fourth Volvo store. And, you know, many times it's because I've just been recruited. And I've been, uh, you know, taken from store to store. So th- those customers are loyal to me. They're loyal to the brand, but they want to know that when they come in for service, that I'm going to be there looking at their car. Uh, I tend to, when the car is in service, I'll take a picture of it. And I say, do you need me to ask the mechanic anything while I have the car in the lift? And they like that. And it's that attention to detail. Uh, you know, whether I'm selling a brand new Volvo or used off-brand, everyone gets treated with white glove service. And that's consistency. You have to be consistent. You can't just give up at a sign of like, well, this customer's not working with me or, you know, I've been posting on Instagram for two weeks and nothing's coming out of it. Well, you got to keep doing it. 
I think that happens a lot. You know, I it just in my yeah. it, it, in my last store, I think, you know, I've been having conversations with salespeople about it and you get them all riled up and gung ho and they do exactly that, Mabel. They post a couple things on Instagram for a couple of weeks, some Facebook stuff, mm-hmm. they buy some merchandise and put it in deliveries cars and then they're like, "Oh, I'm not seeing a benefit." and they just give up. Like they don't put the effort in. Yeah. And it takes time. And you and you yeah, you cannot give up. You know, if I did that, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I wouldn't be known for who, you know, for who I am. Yeah. I, you know, I still handwrite every thank you. Like right now, um, That's awesome. you know, I'm literally spotting a car. I sold a car right off the showroom floor. I'm sitting, I'm standing in the detailer bay, just overlooking it to make sure that everything's uh, good to go. And I wrote my thank you card while my customer is in finance, because that is important when they get that car, when I hand over the keys, I want them to know that I really listened to the conversation that we had in the car and that I really care. And, you know, I'm getting them in and out within the hour too. That's so awesome. it's not like they're hanging out for two, three hours. Like you like the car, we test drove it. This is your car for you. Great. Let's get you into finance and let's go. Before, so, um, yeah. That's awesome. Wait, hello? Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I think that that you know, treating customers, uh, getting them in and out quick, getting them to love their brand like you, uh, that rubs off on them when they see your enthusiasm, and uh, that's mm-hmm. fantastic. Before I let you go, what it, first of all, what uh, you've had a million Volvos, I'm sure. Which one do you have now, and what's your favorite one that's out right now? Um, brand new or used? Whatever. I mean, my all-time favorite Volvo, which is what I have tattooed on my arm, is a Volvo 240 series. That is my dream car. I had one for a while, and I just absolutely love it. Um, Tattoo? No, that is uh, serious. Yep, I have two Volvo tattoos. Oh, my gosh. That is commitment. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely love. When I tell you I eat, breathe, and sleep the brand... I really do. Uh, there's there's nothing I don't know about the brand. There's nothing I wouldn't do for the brand. Um, and, you know, I, I love sharing my knowledge. So it's not like I hoard all this knowledge to myself. I always encourage other Volvo, um, you know, Volvo salespeople to, you know, call me, ask me questions. I'm more than happy to, to help them because what I want is for everyone to drive a Volvo. And I feel like if the salespeople are going to, to get on it, to be on social and to really be about it, then I want to help them. Yeah. Listen, I uh, Mm -hmm. appreciate the time. I'm going to keep, I love uh, seeing what you're up to on uh, Instagram. (laughs) It's, it's, uh, it's fun to watch and uh, I appreciate it. I'll let you get back to your customer and make sure that car is getting detailed. And uh, thanks for your time. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You got it, Mabel. You too. Have a good one. Before we wrap this episode of mostly automotive marketing with Matt Wilson up, I wanted to talk about a very important topic. And that is unresolved TV shows. Unresolved TV shows. I am a big fan of the Santa Clarita Diet on uh, Netflix. I don't know if anybody watched that show, but it got canceled after, <clears throat> I think, three seasons, maybe four seasons, and it, it left in a huge cliffhanger, right? Like at the end of the last episode, it's not really a spoiler, by the way, because it doesn't end. It doesn't resolve itself. Uh, Mr. Uh, Gross Ball Legs climbed up the guy's uh, leg and arms and went inside to have his ear, and we're never going to find out what happened. Uh, Timi- Timothy Olfant, Olfant was the, is the actor. It's with Timothy Olfant and Drew Barrymore. And that's never going to resolve itself. And I think it should be a crime to let a TV show get canceled without resolving it. Because I invested three 
three seasons of that show, invested my time and energy and emotions into that show just to find out that it got canceled. And that's very upsetting. The same thing happened with Last Man on Earth with, um, oh, what's that guy's name? I think he was on SNL. But it's the same thing. That show went unresolved. And I hate that. They would never do that with a movie. There'd never be a movie made where it just is over, but you don't find out what happened at the end. There needs to be some kind of contract that the television people have with the American public where they do not allow shows to go unresolved. It is a very big pet peeve of mine. Anyway, this has been Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And another one coming up like in two weeks, possibly. Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson is brought to you by... Wait, this guy has sponsors? Oh, never mind. This sheet of paper's blank. No sponsors. That makes more sense. For updates, info, future episodes, and more, follow on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and connect on Frackle. You guys made that last one up. That's not even a thing, Frackle. Come on.